It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken parm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in. To Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. So today's show is going to be a fun one. First things first, we'll talk about the big news that broke since the last pod went up. And then second segment will be a conversation with Jeff Lloyd of Locked On Browns. And then our third and final segment will be a conversation with David Harrison of Locked On Bucks. I'm sure you can guess who and what we'll be talking about, but of course, Flash going to Cleveland in the second uh, in our second segment. Of course, the third round pick by the Browns, and then of course, um, KJ Britt going to the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So it was fun uh, chatting with those guys. But first things first, let's get down to business. Auburn safety Chris Thompson Jr. has entered the transfer portal. Uh, obviously, this news broke Tuesday morning, and it surprised me. So we've had four guys now enter the portal since Friday. And that honestly, uh, this one surprises me the most. Of all of the ones I can kind of make an argument for, it's like, okay, I can kind of see what's going on there. But this one surprises me. Of course, Shael Garnett, Jay Hardy, and Jaron Handy uh, are, are the other three that have entered the portal. But Chris Thompson Jr. was a guy that, I mean, he played in six games last year as a true freshman. And then... Auburn had a safety go and get drafted. Sherwood is gone. He's now a member of the New York Jets. And you had that open safety position next to Smoke Monday. And it kind of, you know, going into spring practice, it was kind of split. Some people said, okay, Chris Thompson's the guy. Other people said, hey, Tennyson's going to move from that inside corner, that nickel position into that safety role. And ultimately, you know, the, the the second opinion ended up being the correct one. And then Chris Thompson was one of the better defenders with the second unit. And we saw that at A-Day when he was kind of lined up behind um, Chandler Wooten. And we, I watched that game. I'm like, man, that guy is a stud. That guy is an absolute baller. He's going to get on the field a bunch. I mean, he was farther down the depth chart last year. And Auburn played like no defensive guys or no true freshman defensive guys last year but he found the way on the field for six games. So I'm surprised by this. I think the playing time would have been there. But the interesting thing is, you know, maybe he got discouraged by losing that job to Ladarius Tennyson. And look, Ladarius Tennyson's a player. And I mean, I am very, very high on Ladarius Tennyson, and most people are. I mean, that's not a crazy take to have. So I'm interested, though, in his thought process because he would have pretty much been a lock for the starting position, assuming no more guys transfer in after Smoke Monday goes to the league after the 2021 season. And it seems like it was kind of lining up for Ladarius Tennyson and Chris Thompson Jr. to be the starting safeties of the future, uh, you know, the next Auburn football team. Now, there are reports, there are whispers that Donovan Kaufman, the former Vanderbilt safety, who was one of the, he was probably the best, uh, one of the best defenders on Vanderbilt's team last year, a Derek Mason guy, Donovan Kaufman, 
Keith Niebuhr of Auburn Undercover, he's reporting that it's down to uh, Auburn and Texas for his services. And when you think about it, who is the safety's coach? Auburn doesn't have one because their defensive coordinator, Derek Mason, is the safety's coach. And it sounds like the relationship between Kaufman and Derek Mason is very good. And that is why Auburn was the favorite as soon as he entered the transfer portal. Is this a big enough reason to impact Chris Thompson Jr. wanting to leave Auburn and take his chances somewhere else and go ahead this early in his career, use that one free transfer that they now get per the NCAA? That's a big question. And only he really knows the answer. Maybe more will come out. But at the time of us, you know, for me recording this Tuesday night, there's no way for us to know. I think it's interesting. I surely, surely that doesn't impact his decision. I don't think. Unless Derek Mason's just talking about how great Kaufman is all the time. I, I just don't see that as a reality. And yesterday when we had Charlie Five on the show, he talked a lot about culture with Hardy and Handy kind of being on their way out. I don't know if Chris Thompson falls into this. I don't really think he would have seen that much of the old ways, but I'm not sure. I mean, this is a guy, and we're going to see impatience with with playing time with this transfer rule, and I'm okay with that. That's not a bad thing. Guys want to get on the field, especially when you're as talented as a guy like Chris Thompson. I get it. He needs to do what's best for him. But it is interesting. I mean, this is a guy who was a true freshman last year, and last year didn't count from an eligibility standpoint. So... I don't know, he's got a lot of time to, to figure out if he wants to use that transfer. But if he wants to go and be a, a three-year starter somewhere, I guess in this case he could be a two-year starter then go to the league somewhere, more power to him. He's going to be very, very highly sought after with this transfer portal. And so we're going to, we'll talk about this all summer from a big picture standpoint, but it's going to be really interesting to see how guys adjust or how coaches adjust in recruiting. Because like at this point, I would be more interested in a a true freshman from an eligibility standpoint entering the transfer portal with a little bit of SEC experience that can't use his free transfer again. So in essence, he's stuck unless he wants to sacrifice a year of eligibility. I'm more interested in that than a a four-star safety coming out of high school. So it's going to be interesting. I think he's going to be very, very highly sought after. Uh, I really do. That's why I like Weedell Green for uh, you know Bruce Pearl's team. That's why I like him so much. He's got four years of eligibility, and he's used his one-time transfer. I mean, he's probably staying at Auburn for the rest of his college career unless he wants to sit out somewhere. So I think that's fun. I think that's interesting, and this rule is going to change the game. Whether you like it or not, it is changing the game. Coming up, our conversation with our two friends from the Locked On NFL side of things. We'll talk a little Browns with Anthony Schwartz and a little Bucks with uh, KJ Britt action going on. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. These are rings, sure, to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring bright light into her life. And they're available now through Mother's Day only 
on BlueNile.com. And then once you're there, search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high-quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. It won't be around for long, so go to BlueNile.com and search the words 10 by 10. Today's show brought to you by Built Bar. What is your favorite Built Bar flavor? They're, uh, they've got all kinds of flavors, coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, and they've always got other flavors just rotating in and out. So my favorite is uh, peanut butter brownie. Not that anyone asked, but I'm just letting you know. And all of these bars, most of them have like 17 grams of protein, just 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and four grams of net carbs. It's delicious. It's good for you. It's like a cheat code. For life. Yeah, I know. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, L O C K E D 15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. And hey, if you don't know what to get mom for Mother's Day, well, most moms I know, mine does, and my mother in law, uh, those are two important ones in my life. Send her a box. They love built bars. And be sure to get her favorite, at least for a while, until you get her that next box of built bars. Builtbar.com, use promo code LOCKED15. Jeff Lloyd with Locked on Browns joining us. How are you, my friend? We are good. Um, you know, starting to get a uh, little bit of a, you know, our sea legs back, starting to feel a little bit better. Uh, you know, I tried to explain, you know, if you don't do the things that we do, I don't think people truly understand how difficult draft weekend is to navigate. Right. Um, so, you know, you know, starting to get the feel back here, uh, you know, yesterday, of course, you know, day of rest or whatever, but still a lot of work to be done. Uh, but a hell of a weekend, obviously, a hell of a weekend for the city. Uh, you know, the Browns did very well. A lot of teams in the NFL did very well. But it, I think it was great for Cleveland, the city, to get to host this. Right. Coming off the season, they did. Um, and showing as well as they did. I mean, all the reviews seemed pretty positive from everybody who was there. So, you know, obviously, you know, a great, great weekend, you know, for the city of Cleveland and certainly the Browns organization, Zach. Yeah, a lot of people saying the Browns may have won the draft. You know, a lot of people like to to kind of rank how certain teams did. I see Cleveland in the top two or three, regardless of where you look. Obviously, the the pick, Jeff, that I'm most interested in was your (laughs) third-round selection, a former Auburn wide receiver, Anthony Schwartz. You get the fastest player in the NFL draft in the third round. What are your thoughts on it? I was actually a a huge, huge proponent of Anthony Schwartz. Uh, I had somewhere within March I had put out that, and I had – nailed correctly the Browns third round pick of Jacob Phillips in 2020. I put Anthony Schwartz in that same genre, right in that same range. And I had actually had picked about pick 91 for him. Anthony Schwartz, the speed is just game changing. Yeah. And look, he may never be a true starter in the NFL and that's okay. Uh, the Browns last year, Baker Mayfield, as well as he played, there was so much pressure on him at times to be perfect because he didn't have that calling cord that Patrick Mahomes did. Well, it's okay. I threw an interception. We'll just go 75 yards in one play the next drive to Tyreek Hill, to McCole Hardman. The coverage was forever congested. You saw it in that Chiefs playoff game. They said, we know you ain't got anybody who can go deep, so we're not going to care about it. Uh, They basically, the only one there was was Rashard Higgins, and it turned into a fumble at the goal line that the Browns lost. He brings with his 4-2-7 speed. It's it's a call-it card. And for some people who say, oh, he went higher than, you know, than he should have. Well, that's what 427 does. When you run that fast, it it just becomes unmatched. And look, he doesn't have to be an 85 reception guy. 
He doesn't have to be a 1,312 TDs. The impact he can make with his foot speed, just being on the field, is paramount. Also, I loved what Auburn did with him down there. Uh, He ran for almost 400 total yards. The jet sweeps, the reverses, the threats of using his speed and other things than just being a wide receiver. This is just another element for Kevin Stefanski to add to this offense. And it's crazy to think that a player, a rookie in Anthony Schwartz, can come out onto the field and the Browns can have all these weapons, whether it's Chubb, Hunt, Beckham, uh, obviously Jarvis Landry, uh, you know, Rashard Higgins, tight ends, uh, you know, David Njoku, and all this athleticism and great productive players over the year on the field. And if Anthony Schwartz steps onto that field, that's going to be the one that defenses are concerned about. That And that's for him to be fifth, sixth, seventh option, whatever he's going to be in the pecking order, it's going to make a tremendous difference. There is nothing you can do. 427 is 427. And that's something that's, that's really amazing to think about. And I had him unlocked on Auburn, and I was talking to him. I'm like, okay, so what do NFL teams want to do with you? And he said slot. You know, Auburn moved him to the slot a lot more this past year. That's where he feels most mm-hmm. comfortable. And I'm just thinking when he's in the slot and you've got Odell Beckham maybe outside to his right, and all of a sudden that safety has to step back a step or two just in case, you know, in case Anthony Schwartz wants to run straight on that play. And you just think about the space that it could possibly open up for a guy like Jarvis Landry or a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. I think Schwartz is going to have a big impact in this offense. It may not be huge on the stat sheet, but I think you just have to play things differently when he's on the field. And I think other receivers are going to benefit from that. I think everybody's going to benefit from it. I mean, to Coach Stefanski, the play caller, the offensive coordinator, Baker Mayfield, it's just going to open things up and it's going to allow this offense, which did so well last year as it was, it's going to allow them to breathe. There's going to be a lot more gimmies there. There's going to be a lot more layups. If Anthony Schwartz goes deep, there's not a safety in the NFL who can run with him. So if you've got to commit a second defender to him, what are you doing about Nick Chubb out of the backfield? What are you doing about Kareem Hunt out of the backfield? What are you doing about Jarvis Landry and Rashard Higgins who excel on moving the chains and running short, quick routes over the middle? It's just going to be a, a big headache. Um, and again, he does not have to be this major contributor. You look at what the Chiefs did, and the Browns saw this firsthand last year with McCall Hardman, with Tyreek Hill. When you have players of this ilk just that fast, it creates issues. The Browns don't necessarily need him to be Tyreek Hill, but if he can give them some of what McCole Hardman gives to the Chiefs, yeah. the Browns will take it, and they will take it in spades. It's just going to open things up, make everything that much easier, and the pressure <clears throat> will no longer be there for Baker Mayfield to absolutely have to be perfect. And now you're putting this all on top of the fact that this defense is going to be so much deeper, so much more talented, that you're going to be able to, you know, you'll you'll be able to make a mistake and not feel like, oh no, we may lose this game now. This is paramount extreme speed was the one thing this offense was lacking last year. You're essentially bringing everything back. But the one thing they didn't have is they didn't have this fast and furious type of speed. They've got one of those guys now. So for Auburn fans that uh, that kind of latch onto the Browns, because I mean Anthony Schwartz, Flash, he was a he was a fan favorite at Auburn. So I think there are going to be people that watch the Browns this year because of him. <clears throat> what are uh, what what are expectations going into the season for him? I mean, how many how many catches is a guy like Schwartz going to have with his absolutely loaded offensive roster? 
I think in year one, and you're going to have to assume there's going to be some sort of learning curve. And I think we can all be fair that Anthony Schwartz probably still needs, you know, a little bit of polish. Um, you know, st- still needs a little work on the route running, uh, you know, a little bit more consistent with his actual receiving of the ball, which is fine. You would say this about any wide receiver that was drafted in the third round pick. But what you're going to see is probably, I would say 25. Maybe if you want to compare it to Donovan Peoples-Jones, who was a little bit under 20 receptions. You know, Donovan was drafted late day three. Maybe compare this a little bit more to Anthony Schwartz. 30, 35 maybe getting involved more five, six, seven rushes of the ball or the threat of that, I would say you probably get a figure possibly 50 touches. But a lot of this is also going to depend on how they go. You know, the Browns last year were in a position with a lot of games where they got up early. So you're not going to go basically show off something that you don't have to show off, you know, in order to win. So it's going to be something that's going to be used when they need it. It's certainly something that's going to be used. They get in a situation that, where they're behind, and it's a quick way to get some points back with the player with that acceleration and overall speed. But this was just, for me, I, I was just excited because it was just one that made the most sense. And if you listen to the Browns' uh, front office in the offseason, basically they emphasized they wanted more speed. They were happy with a lot of what they have on this roster. They knew they needed to get faster in certain positions. They were careful not to say it about the wide receiver position because you have two guys there making a ton of money. But – you just needed – this is the one thing they did not have. There is not a player on the offensive side of the ball that is and carries elite speed. And Anthony Schwartz, it's not just elite speed. It is top of the NFL elite speed. And it's just something that should be able to pay off and pay big dividends for everybody on that offensive side of the ball. Jeff, for the Auburn folks listening that that now have invested interest – in the Cleveland Browns, where they can find, where can they find all of your content, my friend? Uh, as anybody uh, knows, uh, with Locked On, and I know everybody went through this with Locked On Auburn with Zach. Um, right now, we're having a little bit of difficulty with iTunes, mm-hmm. Spotify, the brand new Odyssey, who are being fantastic, gracious hosts to us over there. All your other podcasting apps, the Locked On Browns Twitter account, me personally at Jeff underscore uh, LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, it's Browns twenty four seven. Uh, and I, I can't even tell you again, Zach, this one just tickled me to death because I'm always a sucker for the deep speed. I, I really, really am. And just now with the way the NFL is played and everything being so spread out, this was just a perfect match of need and player for the Cleveland Browns. I love it. Jeff, thank you so much for your time, my friend. You're listening to Locked On Auburn. BetOnline.ag is the best place to place all of your bets on the interwebs, baseball season's going. NBA's just heating up as the playoffs are right around the corner. That kind of snuck up on me. Not going to lie to you. Also, uh, the Triple Crown is going on if you want to bet on the ponies. And also, I know a lot of folks in the Discord. Shout out to the UFC channel in, in the Locked on Auburn Discord. Of course, you can bet on all of your MMA and UFC action. If you don't know about that, ask the guys in the UFC channel in the Discord. They will take care of you because they sure do. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in. This is your chance to get in on the action. Go to betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, to get that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months 
or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Joining us now right here on Locked On Auburn, David Harrison with Locked On Bucks. How you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing good, Zach. Happy to talk to you. Happy to have a reason to talk to you after uh, the 2021 NFL draft. You know, it's funny. I um, I was looking at it. We've been following each other way before I joined Locked On. So that's just been yeah. kind of interesting. I don't, I don't know why I followed a Bucks guy, but I'm glad I did. That's funny. Uh, but recognized game, I guess, right? I, I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. So, uh, I mean, speaking of game recognizing game, the, the defending Super Bowl champs, Selected uh, a, a former Auburn linebacker, uh, a guy that Auburn fans love, absolutely adore, linebacker KJ Britt. What was your response when the Tigers called, or when the Bucks called uh, this former Tigers name out? Uh, well, my response was good selection as far as you know need obviously filling a need for the Buccaneers defense there, and then I just needed to dive into uh, as much KJ Britt as I could. Uh, sure. He was on our radar from from a general standpoint because in our writing, our written work over at BucksNation.com uh, with SB Nation there, James Yarko, my co-host of Locked on Bucks, and I, we actually are the two who build the prospect list every year for our profile series. Sure. And K.J. Britt was on there. One of our writers, uh, Mike Kewak, went ahead and did the profile on K.J. Britt. And as much as I love to dive into every single one of these guys, once we pass a prospect off to one of our writers, we typically just are kind of hands off sure. and let them go. But I'll tell you, the reason K.J. Britt made the profile list is honestly his work at the Senior Bowl. So I was able mm-hmm. to actually be uh, in Mobile, Mobile this year, which was a great experience, and they pulled off a really amazing event uh, given everything that was going on and all the all the things they had to worry about. So KJ jumping off the field a little bit, making that list, and then our writer over there, Mike, really kind of pegged him as a depth player that the Buccaneers could absolutely target. And and honestly, this year has been a great success for us because I want to say we had, uh, I think we had all but two of these guys on our profile roster, the guys that the Buccaneers drafted. So wow. um, obviously coming into it with a little bit of better knowledge usually. Uh, but yeah, just very excited to see what KJ Britt brings to the field because the the overall impression is a glue guy, right? That's that's kind of the overall yeah. impression. Yeah. After you've kind of looked at him a little bit, what stands out? Because the interesting thing yeah. about KJ Britt among Auburn fans was, okay, this guy in the locker room is an incredible leader, a guy that you want your team. You know, his final year at Auburn, he got hurt a lot of last season. And so there really wasn't a whole lot of drop off on the field. Some folks will say that there was. I don't think there was at the linebacker position anyways. But he still found ways to lead this team. He was still the leader of this defense, even though he wasn't on the field. And that's that's something I think Bucks fans should be excited about down the road when he reaches that level to where he can get on the field consistently. But something that's interesting is... All year, we're like, man, he really stinks in pass coverage. Like, he's a <laughs> liability. Please get him off the field on third and long. But then in Mobile, I mean, you mentioned his work at the Senior Bowl, and there are lots of draft riders that are like, yeah, the best uh, the best linebacker in pass coverage in Mobile was K.J. Britt. And I'm like, oh, wow, maybe he made himself a whole lot of money. And this past weekend, he was drafted way earlier than I was expecting him to be, largely because I don't think this is a guy you can put on third down right now. Well, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, that's the initial impression. But, you know, like you said, he got some accolades, you know, down there in Mobile, his own teammates. Right. You know, the coaching staffs were lauding him down there. And, I mean, he, he like I said, he looked like a pretty strong all-around linebacker. Again, not a day one or a day two guy, you know what I mean? But a lot of the guys in Mobile 
aren't those types of players you're looking for, uh, those core guys who can play on special teams, yep. contribute in you know certain spots, but then perhaps develop. And, and you know, I know that the knock on Britt right now is that he's a thumper, and that's what you see when you when you get on the – well, that's not the knock, but the knock is that he's only the thumper, right? That he right. can come down, play and run defense, play between the tackles really great, but once you get outside the tackles, you know, that's where, that's where things become problematic. But – not for nothing, Devin White, you know, has kind of the same knock on him. I mean, he, he got burned a couple times early in the regular season in passing plays because offenses figured out that, hey, Devin's strong suit is not pass uh, pass protection. So if we can get him out into the flats, get him on a running back, doing you know running a wheel route or something like that, maybe we can take advantage of that. The Buccaneers were able to adjust, and that's where I think that K.J. Britt's future really is going to shine because he's very excited to work with Todd Bowles, very excited to learn from these linebackers, according to his own words in the press conference. And showing that ability to to, to to grow and that desire to learn. If he truly is, is buying into the program, Todd Bowles has shown uh, with other young guys, Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis, two former Auburn players, two guys yeah. that K.J. Britt has talked about knowing and, and having conversations with. K.J. Britt is going to have every reason in the world to trust in Todd Bowles because he's going to know guys who have been doing it. And Todd can unlock things in players. You know, there's a ceiling there, of course. I don't think K.J. Britt's ever going to become the premier, you know, pass covering linebacker in the National Football League. Sure. But can Todd Bowles and his coaches have to get him to a place where you could rely on him if you had to? I believe that they can. And like you said, in Mobile, he showed that he's willing to do it. And not only that, but he can take NFL coaching and apply it on the field. And sometimes that is the hardest part about succeeding in the National Football League. Sure. Yeah, that and, and height. You know, I mean, there's only so much you can do about that. It seems like Auburn always has these really talented linebackers, but they're always like six foot or six foot one. And it's like, right. you know, the Deshaun Davis was a guy that went to the Bengals a few years ago. And it's like, wow, this guy's really, really similar, but went a little bit earlier and surprised some folks. So I think that's great. But for Auburn folks listening to this right now, mm-hmm. and I, I think I think a lot of Auburn fans really care about the Bucks. I know a lot of Auburn folks were rooting for them in the Super Bowl because of the two guys you just mentioned. But yeah. what, what kind of role are you expecting for K.J. Britt day one in 2021? Special teams. That's, yeah. you know, that's where he's going to make this roster. I think he already knows that. Uh, he was asked by one of the local reporters during his press conference with Bucks Media uh, how he felt about special teams. He immediately said, he said not only is he willing, he wants to play special teams. I think he's fully aware uh, you know, of, of where he is. He's, he's talked about a lot. He's played this game a lot. Uh, at the end of the day, it's football. And he does, he's the kind of guy who likes to approach the game uh, by not making it bigger than it is, but also enjoying it and having fun in the moment. Uh, and not shying away from the spotlight. So he's a guy who knows uh, coming into it. He's got to make his money on special teams. He's got the energy. He's got the juice. Like you said, the leadership. Not every player can play only two games in a season, but then still be called one of the greatest leaders on the team during the entirety of that season. So that is very impressive and something that stood out to me as I went back through some of his former interviews and kind of caught up on who he is as an individual. That's going to bode really well for him in the locker room, in the meeting room, and with the coaches. And I'll tell you right now, this coaching staff – they appreciate guys that go out there and grind. They appreciate the guys that are going out there and willing to work their butts off. Look at you. You, you look at uh, linebacker Jack Sitchie out of Wisconsin. He came out with a huge laundry list of injury problems, and honestly, they haven't gotten better in the National Football League. He ended up getting poached by the New England Patriots for a period of time during last season. But as soon as the Patriots made the mistake of loosening their grip on him, the Bucks brought him right back in. Yeah. and that's why they like a guy like Jack Sitchie because even through all of his injuries. That's a guy that gives 120% and is a leader in the room as a young guy. So if that's who K.J. Britt is, and every every testimony that I've seen and heard says that's who he is, yeah. he is going to get an opportunity to make his mark on this team, but it's going to start on special teams. All right, and then for for the Auburn folks listening, let's jump into those two really good corners that that really helped this defense <laughs> yeah. uh, go on a Super Bowl run. Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis, 
What have you seen from them, uh, you know, over the last few years as far as them really develop into, to, I mean, some really, really solid cornerbacks in the league? Fight back and dedication, man. And, yeah. I mean, that's, and that's honestly, that's why the Buccaneers are where they are today. I know a lot of people uh, give a lot of credit to, to Tom Brady, and he deserves a lot of that credit. Don't get me wrong. But when you look across the roster and you look at guys like Mike Evans, Levante, David, who has spent much longer in their careers than a lot of players will be willing to on losing teams, on teams that always have the offseason hype, you know, had the hard knocks, you know, hype coming in uh, to that special season and then always find a way to lose more games than they win and not make the playoffs. And as, as much as Jameis Winston was always the joke of that team, Jameis Winston isn't the only person to put the, you know, put those losses on uh, either. That was a team effort and those are team efforts. So when you look at the resilience needed to really be a Buccaneers uh, player over the last decade, I know Jamel and Carlton are kind of new to it. Jamel, obviously a little bit more new to it, right. uh, but bottom line is Jamel really got ran in Seattle a couple of seasons ago. And I'll tell you right now, that was a game uh, coming out of that game. James Yarko and I both said, he is either going to get a whole lot better from that game or his career is over. Cause yeah. that is one of those games that kills a lot of careers. And what we found out about Jamel Dean is that as a kid who's not going to quit, he immediately went back to, back to his teammates, said, what did I do wrong? Immediately went back to the film, immediately went back to his coaches. Todd Bowles and Jamel Dean started doing almost nightly film study sessions together. Again, going back to Todd Bowles' dedication to his players. And we've seen Jamel Dean go from night. You wouldn't even recognize the cornerback that got burned by Tyler Lockett and the Seattle Seahawks in that game. Uh, that just kind of shows you kind of the kind of young man he is and the group really that you have in that secondary, even with Sean Murphy Bunting, who I know it's not an Auburn guy, but he's taken on kind of that mentality that you would expect from SEC right. defensive players and Carlton Davis, man. I mean, long, aggressive, sometimes too aggressive with the flags, but you know, Hey, you, you got to take some of those flags to get some of those wins. And uh, Carlton Davis has just become a dude that Buccaneers fans love and want to see him uh, finish his career with. He's still a long time away from that but finished his career as, as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. One of the interesting things that, that emerged about Carlton Davis during the Super Bowl run, some of his postseason or postgame quotes, and I, I don't know if he's always been doing this at Tampa or if it was all year, but I just noticed it during the playoffs. But this whole, like, you know, some corners have an island, but mm-hmm. when, uh, when they go to his side of the field, it's a graveyard. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what's more, like, what's cooler than that? What's more intimidating than that? Screw Revis Island. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And they got the grave diggers. And I mean, that defense, man, is just, it's just, it's embodied the similar type of atmosphere and mentality that that, you know, previous Super Bowl winning defense uh, back in 2002, 2003 did. Um, they're not, you know, quite to the same level from, from notoriety and Hall of Fame caliber players and all this stuff. Yeah. But I mean, you look at the attitude and then you look at their resume. I mean, shutting down, you know, the New Orleans Saints and Drew Brees. And I got Drew Brees was, you know, on the tail end anyway. Uh, but, you know, then stopping Aaron Rodgers and what they had going on there. Right and stopping the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, that young right. defense that really does not get a whole lot of credit really stepped up when the, when the time was was the brightest. And pretty much everybody came out of the Super Bowl saying that there was three, four, or five defensive players that you could have made an argument for uh, for Super Bowl MVP, either from a stat box perspective or a shutting down the offense uh, perspective. Right. But at the end of the day, you know, it goes to Tom Brady because that's the quarterback, but really Todd Bowles, kind of the king of that Super Bowl win, and, and that defense is just following him, you know, lockstep. And Carlton Davis is... is Easily, my my, I would say one or two. He and Devin White are kind of neck and neck uh, for the. Oh, best don't say the LSU guy. Come on, you're on an Auburn show. <laughs> hey, I gotta keep it real, right? I gotta keep it real. And <laughs> no, I appreciate the honesty. Right now, so they have all that love going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, man, you're gonna have a blast covering KJ. Um, yeah, seriously, I mean, w- when you guys get a chance to hear more from him, he's gonna blow you guys away. I mean, he is a solid, solid dude. So uh, I'm a little jealousy you get to keep covering him. So, um, man. 
lot of a uh, lot of Auburn folks turning more into Bucks fans. Where can people find all of your work? Uh, you can find me personally on Twitter at dharrison82, and of course covering the Buccaneers and writing for BucksNation.com on SB Nation, and then find James Jarko and I five days a week at the Locked On Bucks podcast. Great stuff from all of those guys. We will be back tomorrow right here on Locked On Auburn. Follow me on Twitter at Z Blackerby, the show on Twitter at Locked On Auburn, and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. I think Michael Pappas joins us tomorrow. He's going to be so mad that I had a Browns guy on without him. It's going to be bad. So get ready for that. See you tomorrow. This has been Locked On Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.